Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. Here's a little fun fact for you. Did you know that originally the word Christian was an insult? When the early church was going around proclaiming the gospel throughout the Roman Empire, there started to be some problems. And throughout the land, the empire was persecuting these new Jesus followers. Eventually, it was said that these Jesus followers were Christians or little Christs, because that's what Christian means, little Christs, because they were willing to die for what they believed in, and the Roman Empire thought that was pretty stupid, and so they used this as a way to make fun of them, a way to insult them. And what I want to draw your attention to is that it's in our namesake for us to live a life that imitates that of Christ. We're supposed to be these little Christs, so it's really not an insult. Just as the author of 1 John states, whoever, ab- whoever says, I abide in him, that is Jesus, ought to walk in the same way as he walked. And where do we learn how to do that? Well, that's a great question, and I'm really glad you asked. The obvious, question, the obvious answer is the Gospels. And if you were to read the Gospels, you'd read about the many interactions between Jesus and this group of people called the Pharisees. And while we're supposed to model our lives after Christ, we often end up looking a lot more like the Pharisees. And this morning, I'd like to share with you what I think is one of the more challenging interactions with Jesus. In John 8, we find Jesus at the temple one morning uh, teaching those that were around him. And while he was teaching, the Pharisees decide to test Jesus so that they might bring a charge against him. Now, before we get too far into the story, we have to talk about who the Pharisees were. They were a religious group within Judaism that started a couple centuries before the time of Jesus. And they were probably the largest sect of Judaism at the time. You can kind of think of them as a denomination, how we have denominations within Christianity. The Pharisees also put an emphasis on the law. Now, this is law with a capital L. The Pharisees believed that in order to be right with God, a person had to live their life according to the law paying strict attention to all of the laws outlined in the first five books of the, Bible, of the Old Testament or the Pentateuch. But they also believed in the fluidity of the law, meaning that if something were to come up that the law didn't cover or if the law seemed outdated in such a way that they would make some exceptions. And you need to keep that tucked away because it becomes really important later. Let's continue in the story. The Pharisees bring forward this woman caught in adultery. Now, why was it just the woman? Because we know it takes two to tango. Unfortunately, we don't have time to get into that today, but we could say that misogyny and a couple other things might have been going on. So they bring this woman in front of Jesus, and they think they've got him now. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? Oh, this is it. They got Jesus stuck. 
Obviously, Jesus can't go against the law of Moses because that would be very, very bad. And obviously, Jesus can't say that this woman should die because so far, he hasn't carried out any of the punishments in the law uh, on the other sinners that he's been hanging out with. But watch what Jesus does when they continue to question him. Well, at first, he ignores them and he just writes in the dirt. Now, what is he writing in the dirt? I have no idea. But the Pharisees keep pushing, so this is what Jesus says. Let the sinless one among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he returns to writing in the dirt. And I absolutely love this so much. The Pharisees brought this accusation to Jesus, a very serious accusation. And he just goes and gives them this earth-shattering answer and acts like it's no big deal. The Pharisees then turn around, stunned, and leave one by one. Then Jesus turns to the woman and says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, sir. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and from now on, don't sin again. Now let's hold on for a second and take a step back. Let's re-examine what's really being asked of Jesus here. Firstly, he's being questioned about the law of Moses. And again, this isn't like some minor uh, prophet like Malachi or Obadiah. And to be honest, if you asked me about Obadiah and what's happening in there, I wouldn't be able to tell you much, and I'm supposed to know this stuff. This is a law that's in the Pentateuch, and not just once either. It's in there a few times. This also isn't even just some minor law like don't mix clothes wear of, of don't wear clothing of mixed fabrics. This is a law that's in the Ten Commandments. That's the big leagues. And you would think that even Jesus must have looked at this woman and been like, eh, maybe they're kind of right on this one, and says, it's one of the Ten Commandments, that's the big leagues. But no, Jesus turns the accusation back onto the accusers. Remember a little bit ago when I said you needed to tuck that little piece of info uh, away? Well, now here's where it matters. The Pharisees believed that the law could be flexible, and if they believed that, then they should have been a little flexible here. But even if that wasn't the case and they truly believed that this was the right thing to do, there's a major problem with it. It's not the whole law. While yes, the law in the Ten Commandments is do not commit adultery, the punishment that they're citing includes both the man and the woman. And remember, it's just the woman that's brought forward to Jesus. So even if they were to put her to death, they would still be allowing the man to live and therefore only partially carrying out the law. Plus, they're forgetting a pretty big part about what makes God so great, like a really, really big part, grace. That's why Jesus says, the sinless one among you throw the first stone. See, in our spiritual walk, our aim should be that we look like Jesus. But more often than not, we end up looking a lot like these Pharisees. How many times have we pointed the finger at another person for doing wrong while forgetting our own shortcomings? How often have we criticized others without recognizing the fault in ourselves? How many times have we thrown that first stone? Because I'm pretty sure that if we took a hard look at our own lives, we would see a lot of places where we say rules for thee, but not for me. And we forget one of the most important things that makes God so great, grace. We forget the grace that has been given to us when we don't give it to those around us. You see, Jesus isn't just telling these Pharisees that they need to remember their own sin, but that they need to remember the grace that they received for them. 
Because I can for sure tell you that they did not apply the strictest punishments all of the time. Jesus was speaking against their hypocrisy. They want all this grace, but when it comes to someone else, they have none. That's why Jesus says to the woman, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and don't sin again. Jesus afforded this woman the grace that she wouldn't have received from her accusers. Because guess what? Do you know who could have stoned this woman? That's right, Jesus. Take note, though, of the among you in his statement. From the start, he has already excluded himself from her accusers. His initial reaction was to offer grace instead of piling on the accusations. He then sends her on her way with his signature, go and sin no more. Now, notice he just doesn't send her on her way. But he gives her this very important commandment to not sin again. Just as Paul states, we're not to sin despite grace. She's received this grace and Jesus now calls her to a better life. Remember when I said I think this is one of the more challenging interactions with Jesus? This is why. Because grace is always a hard option. For instance, if someone were to lie to me about something moderately important, I would feel hurt and betrayed. And it would be easier to write that person off as a liar and to not trust them again. However, what if that person comes up and apologized to me? What if they came up to me and repented for that lie? It would be difficult to offer grace and rebuild that trust. That would take a lot more work. And frankly, it's a lot easier to not do any work. Because if I don't remember that grace that I've received and work to show that grace to those around me, I become just like the Pharisees in this story. I become the reason why so many people today see Christians as hateful and judgmental when we're supposed to be a people who show others the love of God. We become like Westboro Baptists protesting soldiers' funerals. We become like Kenneth Copeland profiting from spewing hate. We become the very hypocrites that Jesus is speaking against in this story. If we truly want to live up to our namesake of being little Christ, we have to be willing to value the person more than the law. We need to see the humanity in the accused the same way that Jesus saw this woman because we ourselves are the accused. Let me share a parable from Jesus that I think exemplifies what I'm talking about here. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square his accounts with his servants. As he got underway... One servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $500,000. He couldn't pay up. So the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods to be sold off on the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself down at the king's feet and begged, please give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the entirety of the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him $1,000. He seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king then summoned this servant and said, you evil servant. I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. And yet, shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? 
The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. You see, this unforgiving servant disregarded the grace that he had been given when dealing with the other servant who owed him money, especially when you consider how much he owed the king compared to how much this other servant owed him. Just like the Pharisees forgot their grace in the story of the adulterous woman, so in order to not be like these Pharisees or this unforgiving servant, we have to remember our grace. We have to remember that we can't cast the first stone because of the grace that we've received. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful, so grateful for this grace that we get to take part in, that you give freely. And Lord, I pray that as we go out into our lives, that we remember to show grace to those around us. I pray that you continue to challenge us to love like you do, to forgive like you do, to show grace like you do, so that we may live up to our namesake of being little Christ's. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.